0: I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome.
1: Welcome aboard, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Dennis Carnahan. I'll be your flight steward today. Uh, We're hoping to get you up to Rockhampton within about... An hour from now, uh, so please just stay tuned, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Relocation, relocation, relocation is the subject of Fire Up. After a weekend of relocation madness, we here at Fire Up have relocated back to Tuesday afternoon lockdown ISO recording for this Crackdown 12. Backdown Week 2, Lockdown Week 6, Episode 18 of Ferris Free Fire Up. I'm Dennis Carnahan, as I said before, here with Chris Gale. Hey there, Chris. Excellent and Redfern Pat on the controls coming to you on the Diamond Tina Podcast Network. And again, please subscribe, share, rate, join our Facebook community, blowing up deluxe, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Fire up NRL. We're coming to you struggling to deal with the shocking power plays that happened over the weekend. The shocks began around 9 a.m. Saturday morning when Michael Carrianos of All People broke the news that Dr. Jeanette Young had said this is the the same Dr. Janet Young, who a few weeks ago didn't want 18-year-olds having AstraZeneca because it would give them blood clots, and now she's saying, take the bloody lot, all of you, Dr. Young declared, snap, three-day lockdown for Queensland, including no professional sport in Queensland. No professional sport in Queensland? In Queensland, where the NRL, the entire NRL, moved and bubbled itself? I mean, arguably... It's run more like a fiefdom or a set of mini feudal fiefdoms than as, as a profession, but she included rugby league in the category. Chaos, madness, Super Saturday, three games in jeopardy. Teams had left planes that some teams were in the on the tarmac waiting to take off, waiting to they just landed. Some other teams they were going to the airport and there, there was orders. Everyone get. Drop the mic. Everyone, get the hell out of Dodge. And maybe they, maybe we could take the 5.30 game up to Townsville. The Raiders could play up there. Or maybe they could move to Canberra. Maybe they could actually fly Newcastle and Canberra to Canberra to play the 5.30 game in Canberra. And the 7.30 game could go to Townsville. What the hell was going to happen? Of course, they couldn't go to Canberra. They couldn't go to Townsville because... The Fox Sports broadcast trucks need the two-day setup time, and they wouldn't have it. And if Rugby League is not on Fox Sports, is it Rugby League? Did it really happen? These were the darkest of dark times. Once again, Anastasia was having a pissing contest with Overlord Volandis. The NRL had to be agile. The NRL had to be quick, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, the players had to be flexible, the players had to roll roll, roll with the punches, the coaching and training staff, they had to keep their charges aroused, but there was no certainty about when they would have the opportunity to release their arousal. And what was the answer, Chris Gale? Our game, Rugby League, has some of the greatest minds, some of the lateralist thinkers. What did they come up with to be nimble, diversify, and unleash their arousal?
2: Dennis Carnahan, with the game almost on its knees yet again and the entire NRL competition potentially having to bug out again like a match unit, with the game almost in disarray, they've done the classic, oh, what's that over there play? by revelations in the press this week that former West Tigers, Kyle Lovett, is producing a new movie. Uh, I'll call it a genre picture. It's known as Licorice.
1: A, a genre picture. So this is, is in the same sort of mould of, of Jason Stevens. It's a good a good Christian story, is it?
2: I saw the Jason Stevens rugby league vehicle Stephen, uh, Stephen,
1: Dennis. i <laughs> have uh, said it already. It's a Stephen Ferris free yeah, I uh,
2: is, fire is, up is, for the eighteenth
1: week. Chris, is, is there okay. a Jason? You sit there and say you feel like you are the. You know, you've been here longer than Bon Scott was the singer. You yeah, no, <laughs> no know who you are.
2: I'm the Brian Johnson to uh, uh, Brett Otten's Bon Scott. Well, you're the Chris Slade to uh, <laughs> Phil Rudd's drumming in AC/DC. But uh, I wonder if there's a Jason Dennis out there. Sounds like a R&B star or something like that. Maybe Max Fire Engines. No.
3: And I, I'll be Axel Rose.
2: Thank you, Pat. <laughs> and Pat you might be able to dial up what that uh, Jason Stevens vehicle was, Pat. It was Comet something or other. Um, again, heavily involved Henson Park and the tropes of the Newtown Jets, a la, a la the did. final winner with Matt Nabel. They just seem to love capturing rugby league on celluloid there. Well, Carl Lovett hasn't gone to Henson Park to film his vehicle licorice but he stars as a male escort trying to get along in life and right. this is this is a bit of a trend for Kyle because if you hop on YouTube you'll catch his 16 minute tour de to force The Boys Light Up where he's on his first gig as have a guess male escort and he's invited to join the company of a couple who want to get a little experimental uh, as far as I can see the entire movie is an excuse for Kyle to get his shirt off and I'm not sure that licorice is any different
1: The birds I want to be actors there's been an expression for the bird's Are they involved in the well,
2: film? I, I'm, I'm amazed if the main reason that George is coming back to play for the St. George of Dragons isn't connected to a starring role in Kyle's movie. And if you get online, they are looking for funding. Now, as I said, he is playing a male escort. It's unclear who his clientele is. But a couple of the promotionals still say, Kirk Capewell might also get a run in this picture. And As a client? Uh, <laughs> no, as a star. Right. <laughs> But uh, it's interesting to hear the reflections of licorice. And by the way, let me spell that: L-I-C-K-E-R-I-S-H. And if oh, you're, oh,
1: a- so they're making that old gag. Ain't that some kind of fancy liquor? Sure is <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> Tramp Beauty gag.
2: Well, is if that- you're, you're a, if you're a film buff, and I know you gentlemen both are, I've done the research, <laughs> and of course, I'm assuming that this is a sequel to the 1970 vehicle, The Licorice Quartet. Ooh. Uh, for those who don't know um, the radley Metzger vehicle, the <laughs> plot involved, after watching porn together, a wealthy couple spot a woman at a local carnival who they believe to be their favourite porn star. After convincing her to come back with them to the villa, their guest proceeds to seduce various members members of the family. I mean, the imagination runs wild. And if Kyle is seeking to recreate <laughs> the magic in the licorice quartet and licorice, I say all power to him. What I Absolutely. like is... What That's I like what the is, world
1: needs now.
2: Absolutely. And, and I do like uh, the words of Dan Masile, the licorice producer, who says, well, I "Love its infectious, infectious passion for the industry is what convinced him to sign on to the film, which is looking for additional funding. I remembered Kyle as a rugby league player, which of itself I think is That's amazing. That's a miracle. That's incredible. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. And he goes, and I thought he'd have an ego, and he clearly never saw Kyle play. But it says here, according to Dan, <laughs> Kyle is more than happy to be at the bottom and work his way up. <laughs> so I think that's all we need to know about Ligarish. And, you know, again, tr- congratulations, NRL headquarters, for coming up with this sort of news story in what's otherwise been a really, really difficult news cycle for them in the last week. And I know you particularly have suffered the ill winds of the Queensland government in this debacle, Dennis.
1: Well, it does It does throw back to to, to what what was Jai Arrow doing? Was he... <laughs> trying to get a role in the film. What was Abby doing? Was he trying to get a role in the film? The interesting thing I find about the title is licorice. If you're spelling it the traditional way, referring to the the, the root, licorice actually means, in Greek, sweet root, literally. Glycos, as in sugar, like gly- like glycogen, and rhizome, root, sweet root. What a great name for a, an art I, film.
2: I, I, I'm, I'm saying none of this is a coincidence, and I feel it. None that of it. it. This will be the second time this season that we've had occasion to mention the word triptych. And a shout out to Stephen, (laughs) to to Stephen Gorry, who was absolutely thrilled by you bringing that word into the vernacular of Fire Up recently, Dennis. I can see that Kyle is going to complete licorice and then he'll do the third movie in the triptych, which, of course, will be known as Licorice All Sorts. <laughs> Sorry Gyarate Happy Chorus Kurt Capewell And a cast that I'm sure Will be added Dylan to by Rafa. the time Dylan will be there With his oh. beret <laughs> well, well we know what Gal's saying About the bubble Right I mean exactly. This Again PVL And Assistant Abdo Have come up with A vehicle Whereby some of these young men Have been struggling in the bubble Will be able to exert their energies Get some of their excess uh, zeal <laughs> Exactly <laughs> out in a legitimate and profitable way and and they'll be ready to go for the NRL finals wherever the hell they're going to be played.
1: Well, people are in lockdown. They need this sort of visual feast because, you know, why they did this visual feast? Because Anastasia bloody Palaszczuk shut down rugby league on Saturday. Oh, Jesus Just shut Christ. it down,
2: Chris. Yeah, I tell you what, it's going to make a difference to another True Crime podcast, I can tell you that much. This is, <laughs> in my view, Anastasia... And and the the lady that you mentioned before, Je- Jeanette Young, correct? Yes. Right. That like they have been gunning for rugby league since they shelled out about eight and a half million dollars to take Origin One to Townsville, and all they bought themselves was a fast dry track and an absolute thumping at the hands <laughs> of New South Wales fifty points to six. So the whole the whole thing got fractious, I think, when Freddie Fitless started to get involved in the debate, and we've heard before that. You know, no bigger Illuminary than Benny Elias regards the New South Wales Blues coach as more important than the New South Wales Premier. And I agree. Mm-hmm. If if yeah. Freddie was involved where he should be, we would have hit the six million vaccination target a couple of months Absolutely. ago, right? There, there wouldn't a- have been this lockdown. No, but Anastasia took umbrage at that. And then as we highlighted on this show, what really got in her grill was the fact that not only did the Maroons get done two to one in a all home fight ground series in the state of origin, they lost the scandal situation as well two to one because of the late run from Oppi- Appy Corrissow, who, as we pointed out in this show, would have gone for the trifecta had Jai Arrow not been busted. It so was, he
1: was he was after the whitewash, so to speak.
2: <laughs> so exactly. So this this story that you suffered, and I know you brave people at our national broadcaster. Hold up in that room with your danishes and your coffees and and your various sorts of, dare I say, licorice. Uh, Which we
1: pay for ourselves, mind you. Those aren't staff amenities. Those are paid from our pocket.
2: Yeah, to to bring us what I think was approximately 10 hours of actually no action whatsoever, (laughs) that, that this story was a long time coming because Palaszczuk and Young were furious, right? Oh, yeah. They're also huge league fans. And so when the Horseman came cap in hand and said, is any chance of us are in relocating the entire competition to Southeast Queensland? They said, sure. But then they watched the cards be played out. Mm. The gaffer tape breached by the yep. likes of Jimmy the Jet as captured on the Japanese Olympic drones. Yeah. We saw. Uh, uh, a, a, a sort of a thumbing of the nose at these brave Queenslanders who are suffering under basically no lockdown conditions, while they had our guys squirrelled into these resorts and hotels. Unfortunately, mm. the Tigers being at the Novotel in Brisbane, which was you know very much the short straw. So
1: when they saw they saw milk being passed from balcony to balcony, you know, marshmallows. This,
2: what, what a thought! There was
1: marshmallows being passed. Uh, they True. saw. Partners sunning themselves in G strings on the balcony, <laughs> flaunting, flouting, I should say, flouting about, and flaunting.
2: Talk about your black market when it's milk and marshmallows being passed over balconies. <laughs> but, you know, Queensland has welcomed the NRL in toto with open arms and they just had this, you know, sort of insolent behavior the yep. minute that finally COVID, and I'm not discounting that the horseman might have been part of the process by a bit of COVID getting out into the Queensland community because it kind of plays to his strong suite. He thought that gave the premise for Queensland to shut the game down. I mean, the, the Rabbits were midair. They were winging into an excited Rockhampton community with the likes of oh. Ben Hunt representing the St George Elroy Dragons as a Rockhampton local. They all turned up only to be able to go to the concession stands and get back in their cars and head home, Dennis. It was a debacle. And-
1: and they were heartbroken the scenes on fox sports of those poor bunnies fans and there was a, i think there was one or two dragons fans as well leaving saying this is our first and possibly the last chance in our lives to see our team play in our town yes and that
2: was gone yes but and- it was a mi- it was a mixed blessing though if you if you looked at it in the cold light of day a lot of those people were going i'm disappointed i didn't get to see my first live nrl game but did I really want my first live NRL game to involve the St George Illawarra Dragons?
1: Well, but especially if you're a St George Illawarra Dragon fan, the last thing you'd want to do is see that game,
2: <laughs> yeah, because they delivered in spades at the relocated yeah. Suncorp. I thought, I thought what was really interesting to me was that uh, Dr Young got on the front foot, and she on the Saturday said there will be no professional sport for three days, full stop. Right. So and the, then,
1: the AFL, the AFL were like, "Oh, sweet! Well, that's yeah, not us.
2: We're yeah, okay." <laughs> that's right. And, but not s- even they had to go. So everyone's cleared out, and so the narrative is: the hardworking NRL worked the phones for twelve hours, didn't get to bed until two o'clock the following morning to relocate and reschedule round twenty of the NRL. And it plays into the desperately needed narrative for the horsemen. Like I've, I've saved rugby league yet again. We've beaten COVID. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. What they don't know is what went on behind the scenes, Dennis, and we can reveal this. Mm. Oh, what have you got? Okay, Jeanette Young hates the set restart rules, like she's been a staunch <laughs> opponent from the, from the get-go. So she says, okay, well, I'll consider your proposal if you give us a root and branch review of all the rules, including the two-point field goal. Hello, Adam Dewey and Luke Brooks. So that's, that's one of the undertakings. We will see a rollback. Next year of the set restart for ruck infringement rules. But
1: can I suggest? Can I suggest it's not just next year because Felix has already said they're having a back down on the crackdown. I suspect yeah. there's just going to be lower numbers straight up.
2: Yeah, yeah, but this is this has just been you know in the work. So Young said that's that's a given. And secondly, yep. And Dennis, I don't know how many in a row I've been to, but they're going to take our grand final away from us, Dennis.
1: Well, this is an interesting question, are they? Because the the rumour I heard was that um, Peter Valandis went, he said, I've come here cap in hand, and you've now slapped me. Now, we gave you three Origins this year, Anastasia. You lost two of them. That's not my doing. We gave you three. You know, we might not give you Origin next year. We might not give you any. We might pay back the good people of... Adelaide, of Perth, of Melbourne, of Sydney. We might Newcastle, put two in Sydney and give one to Newcastle. I think Peter Valandis went that way. And he also said, "Yeah, you've been lobbying for a grand final in Brisbane. For like, we're not going to guarantee a grand final in Brisbane if you let us play, but we're going to guarantee if you don't, it will never happen. I reckon that sort of thing is what's been going down. I think there was some very hard bargaining. I think Peter Verlandes, Basically, the horseman. He's got a horse's head and he's put it in Anastasia's bed at 10.40 p.m. on Saturday night. And that was when the backdown happened from her.
2: Well, we'll see how the cards play out because either the competition stays exactly where it is and Queensland, i.e. Suncoast Stadium, gets the grand final or they do bug out like a mesh unit and the grand final will be played, you know where, Dennis?
1: Ooh, on the 4077 camp?
2: No, no, the other old girl, the MCG. So Imagine that. <laughs> no, gra- no, no greater a spokesperson for the game than Eddie Maguire has got on the front foot here. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and he said, how good would it be at the MCG? He says, we will offer the following 200 COVID test locations. They'll be providing the rapid antigen test, which gives you a result in something like 10 minutes or something. And he goes, so what happens is you arrive at one of the 200... 200- I mean, it really sounds like a fun afternoon. You arrive at one of the 200 COVID stations, you get a rapid antigen test, which I'm not sure, but I'm not sure where they actually test, but it might have something to do like Kyle Lovett from the bottom up. You then get (laughs) hurted in a Rod Laver arena or Margaret Court arena. And, you know, you really... Uh, you know, So you'll have to sort of express your political preferences And there'll probably just yep. be a flood of people Who want to go to the Margaret Court Arena
1: To show how woke you are That's,
2: That's right Once you get your Listen, a positive or negative result I never know It's the old Seinfeld routine You know, your results are negative Hang on, is that a good thing? Anyway <clears throat> But once you're cleared Eddie says So you've arrived 200 COVID stations Shepherded into Rod <laughs> Laver or Margaret Court Arena You get cleared And he goes You know what they're offering the other side before the game? No Carnivals and food trucks Oh, it's so so it's a huge war for our grand final, and I'm I'm tipping that the young Palaszczuk ticket has actually won the won the the way because I think the NRL is such a spin machine, Dennis. And I mean, I know you were there in the trenches, and I want to hear what it was like for you in a moment. But they have really spun Deluxe how well they've been able to save the game. Here's here's the twelve hours work and what was involved. They ring up Palaszczuk and they go. All the boys are on level four. No crowds. Can we play five games over two days in Suncourt? And she goes, sure. That's all that was involved. Yep. Yep. It wasn't complicated. It wasn't heroic. It was just (laughs) practical. And, of course, those such as Tigers fans who wanted the entire round canceled, I think they had a point, but it wasn't. What was it like for you, Dennis? What
1: what day did the Tigers play? They were on the Friday night. Yeah, so they wanted it retrospectively canceled, didn't they?
2: Yeah, non-result. I mean, I think that the Tigers had actually got the early tip that the game was about to be shut down, and they go, "This is just I haven't been right. turned up." Yeah, exactly. They were gearing for a run on the finals, and they go, "The dreams are shattered." You know, having been there since 2011, we were superbly positioned, and they played distracted the whole game, Dennis. And now I understand yeah. why.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, another interesting thing about it. Speaking of being agile, is that a certain betting agency? Now, the game is run by you know, as much as. Fox Sports funds the NRL betting agency advertising is a huge you know half of the grounds are named after betting agency uh, at betting agencies and like, one like for example exactly. well that's the only one that's PWA field is i believe oh, what it's, <laughs> it's proper name that's
2: it's right. a sponsored name <laughs> yeah, well, you can never you can never call it PWA stadium could you no no
1: PWA field um, but uh, i had a friend of mine who had a multi and it involved uh, two tries to Luttrell Mitchell, Rabideaus by 16 plus, Manly for a win. And all of them came up. There was another one as well. It was a five-way multi. And all of them came up and it said all results void because they changed venue. Oh, what? So That's he So f- he had a five-way multi come up and they said, no, we're going to give you your 10 bucks back. We're not going to give you the, the, the seven or 800 bucks that we're supposed to. Now, I can see a class action happening here.
2: Absolutely. I think the other two parts of that multi was that he said that Adam Dewey and Luke Brooks would both attempt two-point field goals and not make them. Uh, Yeah. But no, there's class action there, Dennis. And and can I simply take this opportunity to say, please gamble responsibly?
1: Exactly. Absolutely. But from this, another hero has arisen. And (laughs) we were talking about Melbourne. Or arrived,
2: if you're Ricky Stewart. (laughs) Uh,
1: Another hero has arrived. uh, And Melbourne which is the alternative grand final venue. Uh, the hero isn't the aforementioned Eddie Maguire. Did, it, 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 hasn't he just ridden off into the sunset? Is he really still speaking publicly?
2: Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a cash for comment type of guy. Like if you swing, oh. you know that that mania now oh, where okay. you can play yeah. pay celebrities 300 bucks and they'll send you a, a really meaningless birthday message? Yeah. He's one of them. <laughs> That's what Eddie's doing. <laughs> So in fact, that's what I did. I just swung in three hundred and said, "Give me something for the show," and that's all he could come up with. You got to go through COVID stations, two tennis arenas, and you walk into a carnival of food trucks.
1: Terrific! Oh sure, mate. Yep, I'll do that. No, okay. <laughs> three, two, one. Um, now you asked what it was like. From you asked what it was like in behind behind the scenes, and it was chaos. It was yeah. actually everyone was sitting there going nuts on their phones, calling. All their contacts. Going and there was literally no one who knew what was going on. The most fun moment was because we've been locked down in Ultimo calling off tube, we get the feed from Fox. We get it direct from Fox. And normally, about an hour before the game, they'll kick in. There'll be a wide shot of the ground, and we'll get the sound effects from the ground. And that's what we'll start with, and we'll push those up. Then as the players come out, etc., the sound effects kick in more. Um, but there was no cameras at the ground. There was just a super saying, you know, Knights, Raiders, and... There was a grey screen. There was just nothing. Then, about 10 to 2... <laughs> sorry,
2: sorry. That that sounds a little bit more interesting than a typical Knight's Raiders fixture, <laughs> doesn't it?
1: <laughs> well, certainly it was in this one we saw. Um, but about 10 to 2, um, up it came with the Fox NRL crew. With You've got Vonnie there, you've got um, Brandy Alexander and Coops, and they're all sitting there getting their makeup done, the lighting checks are being done, a couple of camera angles being checked, and we're sitting there watching them. And Luke Lewis, who was formerly coached by Greg Alexander, was there, and and John T. Gibbs, who of course did a radio show with him for like a decade, and I was like, give him a call, give him a call, call him, call him, and he's like, no, nah, no, I can't, he's on here. we're about to go. Down. He's like, call him, call him. They wouldn't, so I've texted Vonnie, <laughs> hey Vonnie, give us a wave. So Vonnie, I saw her look at her phone with a quite a quizzical look, look up even more quizzical, and just wave. <laughs> I said, and then I text is saying, "We've got you. We're um, yeah, we've got you on the direct stream. Tell Brandy to answer his phone." And so I said to the boys, "Vonnie's waving at us. Gibbsy, you've got to ring him." So Gibbsy then he says, "No, no, no." So Louis calls him from a private number, Brandy answers the phone. So we're in the middle of a news break. We're on air in two minutes. They're on air in two minutes. <laughs> We're all having this back and forth. It was hilarious. It was so much fun. So, yeah, we had a great time. This is where, wear, of
2: course. This is where your taxpayer funding is going. I, I actually That's, heard-
1: And Rupert's funding. This is yes. where Rupert's funding is going as yeah. well. <laughs> I,
2: I actually heard, courtesy of uh, Big T, who's got the Sports Best Friends podcast, which I highly recommend yes. to because of its uh, High Tigers content. He said Fox <laughs> did a pretty good job of keeping uh, everybody across where things are at. So, you know, kudos to Vonnie and the team. That's t- terrific.
1: And they got they got Valandis on at five thirty, and the Overlord—he he clearly hadn't had his makeup done. He had the soft focus lens on, the Burt Newton soft focus lens. But uh, he, boy, he did look a little bit tired. That's that's the, the old, um
2: the in the, his office where he's got the rules according to Peter behind him. Yes, yeah, he actually yeah. had stubble in one of those crosses. Like yeah. it, I, think, it, I
1: think you could you see the fabric of the stocking over
2: the lens. Yeah, I, I didn't see any of it because <laughs> let's face it, the Olympics is on.
1: <laughs> what are they? Yeah. Do they do they have rugby league? Have we discussed this before? <laughs> they, do do 20- they, they do in twenty two they do
2: in twenty thirty-two.
1: But let's let's move off. Let's see, then all that happened, like you said, Super Saturday became Super Sunday, and we had this fabulous mad Monday double header, the first ever double header on a Monday night. And I got in trouble for Michael Carianis Of all people. Michael Kariannis, who doesn't mind saying, why are you doing that for? It's like, no, Michael. It's either what are you doing that for or why are you doing that? You can't ask the question twice. He's um, just a
2: journalist. He doesn't have to have a command of the English language. What standards are you applying?
1: He had a go at me and he did say it was tautology, but it wasn't tautology. It was a redundant word for saying the first ever. Because obviously it's the first ever. If it's the first, it's never happened before. Therefore, it is the first ever. So "ever" is redundant. He called it he called it tautological, which uh, I took umbrage with. But anyway, I've i got so outraged there by being picked up on grammar by Michael Carriano, I so I've forgotten what I've said. Ah, so it was a mad Monday. That's what it was. A double header. Yeah. Let's let's get past all of that nonsense and go to the big story: rugby league's pathway to success and redemption over the next decade, and it's led. By the Cameron Smithless Melbourne Storm. Indeed. So they've signed up for eternity. Eternity Super Coach Bellamy in one in some way or another.
2: Did you see the footage of him letting the boys know in the Melbourne uh, lecture theatre?
1: Um, from what I understood, he was under a car with a wrench. Was that the was it the footage?
2: <laughs> no, he was. It- <laughs> He was trying to bring in his backpack full of tactical and strategic folders, but of course uh, it was the, full of rocks. The, the hectic choose to put rocks in again. No, they have a they have a very austere lecture theatre, and Bellamy sort of comes in like he's you know in a bit part in, in an American college movie and go, "Good morning, boys. You know, turn your books to blah blah blah." And he just sort of just sort of subtly said, "You know, we need to get our A and B defenders aligned more laterally going into the opposition red zone, and I'm here for the rest of eternity." And everyone was disappointed that the boys weren't too excited, but it then's kind of picked up when there was a bit of banter about how much that would cost in the soft cap, and and Bellamy rifle back at Munster that you know we can't pay anyone else because the amount of money you're drawing down, and that's the level of humour that defines the <laughs> Melbourne Storms. But he's locked in, but I can I can assure you it's not for eternity. That it's not he's for eternity. A, no, no, it's
1: longer. No.
2: It, yeah, that's right. Well. <laughs> It seems like it will be for eternity because he's got a, he's got an option in his favour. He can get out in 2032 and coach the Australian <laughs> rugby league team at Brisbane and uh, uh, not well, be let's, let's contractually be to obligated about to the Storms. In in 2032,
1: if you're going to select an Australian team now, you just yeah. select the Storms. That's right. And by and by 2032, they'll have you know, the Storms are a Queensland team. Yes, there's no one from Melbourne down there at no. all. Sunshine Coast and, Storms. And- and the way Queensland have been carrying on in these Olympics is these clowns going on that, uh, you know, China's won this many golds and the United States has won this many, and Queensland has won 11, allegedly, because the swimming camp is in Queensland. Therefore, the swimmers are all Queenslanders. They're claiming it over and over again. And they'll claim Melbourne. They
2: absolutely, they're claiming McKean. I think she's born in Wollongong. They're claiming Titmus. She's born oh, no, she's,
1: in She's Tasmanian. Tasmanian. Yep.
2: But... But the actual selection, and, and you're, you're so on the money here because I, I think that the current Olympic tilt is showing that we're starting to get things a little bit more correct than we used to. And, and um, hello, Montreal 1976, zero gold medals. Um, and mm. the, they've actually selected, I'm, I'm assuming it'll be the Rugby League Nines. I'm, I'm assuming that's the format. And they so they, they've selected a 17-person squad for that. Uh, and the selections are just simply says hooker Melbourne Storms player, prop Melbourne Storms player, because none of them are actually playing for the Storms yet. But the Australian Olympic Committee and his excellency John Coates is sufficiently prescient to know that they will be the guys who will be the best players in Australia because Bellamy is staying on, Dennis, and he's staying on for an uncertain tenure as coach. And then he's going to move into the very, very voguish position of head of football operations. Now,
1: well, I've heard you discussing this before, that the head of football operations isn't... Uh, that's the official title. Yes. But what's the real, what's the real title?
2: Club Svengali.
1: Club Svengali. Club Svengali.
2: Yeah. And, you know, like all the great dynasties, Dennis, be they the Murdoch family, you've already referenced, the, the Bushes, the Clintons, whoever you want to go for. These things are old-style feudal hierarchies. So I believe, is that Aaron, is that uh, Bellamy's son's name?
1: Yes. He's been groomed. This is the one who hasn't, he has an email address because Bellamy doesn't have an email.
2: Right. He's been groomed and he's going to be the next Melbourne coach. And Bellamy will sit astride that pyramid pulling the strings. And it's, again, the storms having cornered the coaching market, realising we've now got to go and dominate the, the sort of the rear guard action. And the rear guard action has been fought in rugby league at the rear or the foot of the competition table, Dennis, because if you notice the appointments this year, I simply present in this order, Sheens to the West Tigers, Ooh. Icon to the Brisbane Broncos, and oh. drumroll, please, Gus Bruch. Gould to the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. Now, these guys aren't coming in to coach, Dennis. They're coming in to be head of football operations. That is just a meaningless title. It means as much as resilience and... <laughs> <laughs> And, and and what it actually means is we are going to run the show, and we are a team, and we're going to do it my way,
1: right? So, with with you mentioned Hook, so Hook Hook's the current um, coach, well, one of the coaching team with uh, DJ Hook. And did Pat just flash a moon at us? I don't know I thought I thought we just got mooned on camera by Pat. But, so you've got Hook and uh, Grandpa Elliot and Grandpa Ferris, and they're all and and. And and gentle pup gentle yeah. pappy, Peter um, Peter Gentle, they're all there spinning it's, it's, the uh, spinning the
2: wheels. So George Elohara coaching team is essentially the golden guys rather than the golden girls. <laughs>
1: yeah. Now, what does Hook say about his game well, day? Th-
2: this is this is just a distillation of the problem, Dennis. This is why you can't go forward without a Svengali, because this is the attitude of the current batch of coaches in the National Rugby League be nice just to wake up and yeah. just go straight to the game because it's such a helpless feeling on game day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Dragons fans around the country are actually going, wake up and go straight to the game. Wouldn't it be better just to not wake up at all or just to skip that day and wake up and look at the paper and go, yep. Dragons, 12, <laughs> Rabbitohs, 60, kind of what I expected. And not have to actually endure the yeah. hope to, to, to that cycle of hope and failure and I, I, just go straight to the failure and deal I, with it.
2: I hope those disappointed punters in Rockhampton hear about this because, as I said, we've already isolated the fact that the scarcest resource in modern rugby league is elite coaching, right? Because if, that guy's, if that guy's a first-grade coach, that just shows <laughs> the, the sheer hopelessness. So, therefore, the, the race is on for Svengalis And you better find them quick because they're a bit rare as well because down south of the Shire, Cronulla Sutherland have announced their Spengali, and that is in the form of the retention of Josh Hannay as their assistant oh. coach. Josh, Josh, who said that last night's game in Madden, under against the Manly Ring of Seagulls, was a line-in-the-sand game. Well, the line-in-the-sand was well and truly drawn. So, if you're, for example, a Canberra Raider, get busy – as John Casey would say in the basketball coverage in the Olympics, ad nauseum, and find yourself with Sven Gali. Otherwise, you're going to be missing out because the storm's got Bellamy and he ain't going nowhere.
1: Well, Bellamy's best mate is one, Ricky Stewart. And I think we've got him signed up as a Sven Gali pretty much for life. And I personally love it. Now, the Penrith Panthers. They had a Svengali of Gus Gould, and he's claiming all credit for what's happening now because of the work he did in his five-year plan, and the following five-year plan, and the following five-year plan, um, which is only over seven years because each, each year he started a new five-year plan. But the Penrith Panthers, uh, we, we'll get to the, There's so much to get through, Chris. We'll get to the games in a moment, yep. but the Penrith Panthers had a bit of a struggle on the weekend Um in their pants being pulled down by Craig Bellamy's Storm. Now, they're missing a number of players, but one of them, the, the one that everyone loves, because there's the trio, the vocal trio that sing, the three-part harmonies, they're no longer there. And there's the dancer, and the one thing a dancer needs is to be light on their feet. And it breaks my heart what's happened to Brian To'o, so much so that I've, I've written a song about it.
0: Your foot rolled over and spun And something went wrong inside Ow! Oh, you were on the ground and clinging to Your ankle that night So where are you now? My sweet Ryan talk Oh, there'll be no more days. Till your surgery's done. I cracked me a river. It wasn't just a sprained ankle. You t me air and tribular forced apart. The words that broke my heart injured. Send his box and ankles sprain higher. Damaging ligaments between the two lower leg bones. Six weeks till you come back. Cause your ankle needs surgery. You damaged your anterior tibiofibular ligament And or your posterior tibiofibular ligament So, goodbye 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 Goodbye. But it's not only talk There are others who've suffered Chris Smith and Brian Kelly and Bradman, best too Braden, Hamlin, Ueli And Matt Ikevalu The tibia is fibulas were forced apart The words that broke my heart in dread Seemed as moses And ankles sprained higher Damage binding ligaments Between the two lower leg bones At least Bradman and Braden Have come back to play between the tibia and fibula, not just the telofibular or calcaneofibular ligaments. So goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Injured see will see.
1: Well, yes, clearly I did get uh, very emotional there, and I, I tried to get some three-part harmonies and to reflect how much I'm missing the um, the boys to men part of the Panthers.
2: But well, because they provided the template for rugby league successes, we've said many exactly. times this year we've worked it out. Good-looking players on the transition from boys to men, but it's really, really going south for the Panthers right now. I mean, the knives are out for Charlie Staines, who earned a whopping one super coach point. On the weekend, Dennis, I mean, I don't want to talk rugby league on this show. It's the last thing I want to do. But do you think the Panther, Panthers are on tilt?
1: Oh, I think once the Panthers uh, get some players back in the next couple of weeks, they'll be fine. I think Ivan's just playing games. I think Ivan's got the bus revved up and ready to go, Chris. I'm sorry to <laughs> say <laughs> oh, it to you. Oh, hang on. <laughs> yeah,
2: you get, you're getting me going, Dennis. Oh, getting, By the way, getting uh, fired up. Uh, Fish, Fisher, Fisher Harris is back in the gaffer tape quarantine up on the Gold Coast uh, yeah. and he's rooming with Jimmy the Jet and... <laughs> I don't know if you saw the picture of the new baby uh, that he came out of the bubble for, but absolutely gorgeous. So, they're on Instagram. So, congratulations. Congratulations, to the indeed. Fisher-Harris Fisher family.
1: But let's turn on to something that's not as miserable as syndesmosis injuries. Let's turn on to something that's... Uh, and speaking of babies, something that's just turned one year old, something that's beautiful, something that, that keeps rugby league going. What do we got? What's just oh. turned one, Chris?
2: Thank, thank God I heard you talking about Dane Laurie's leg. Um, today, pretty much, Dennis, well, in fact, it was last week, but, you know, we're time-shifting, is the one-year anniversary of the 4B clothing label. The 4Bs. The fashion label run by Fab the four, four Burgess brothers. Luke, yes. Sam, Tom, and George. Georgie. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, one of the, one of the I guess, Perhaps unexpected consequences of the pandemic, Dennis, as the retail has been gone through the roof, you know, contactless delivery, you know, online retail. That's right. The world is your shopping oyster, if you like. How much of your disposable income, and I know there's a lot of it because you're working for the ABC, (laughs) um, goes to the Burgess. How much of the gear are you getting in terms of, you know, balance of like rent and, you know, feeding your children and that sort of thing?
1: Well, of disposable income after obviously I've paid tax and remembering we've had efficiency dividend after efficiency dividend after efficiency dividend, um, of disposable income, probably most of it, ninety percent. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you'll be the I'm, same, surely, wouldn't you?
2: I'm, I'm definitely. Eat a sandwich for lunch. Buy a pair of burgeye trousers for mm. dinner. I mean, because I
1: I, I, I find myself like I, I do feel a little bit. You know, I've got a thing about my legs. I wish they were a little bit thicker. And and yes. they're not as they're not as thick as I'd like them to be. I, I am working on it, I am, you know, trying to do some squats and lunges and I'm trying to I, I just can't get the four chickens a day into me they, enough, know, which they is have. what you need. But those boys, they have some thick legs, don't they?
2: They do. If you try to vacuum pump, that's also something that it, no, um and That's not for legs. No. Oh right, sorry. <laughs> the <laughs> There was some amusing question asked during the Olympics or one of the competitors, you've got an excellent third leg, but um <laughs> was the that his yeah, <laughs> famous right. third leg on a sprinter Rowan Browning actually is a pretty savvy kid He's actually Like like the fact that they wouldn't use to show Elvis below the waist He's yeah. actually not allowed the world's press To take sh- sh- shots of him sprinting in the Lycra shorts For fear of <laughs> comparing unfavourably to Shervo in the uh, 2000 games. It is but no, interesting because thing-
1: I have seen a little bit of the sprinting going on on the Olympics, and I noticed they're always talking about Chervo, Chervo this, Shervo that, and Chervo, And they've kind of forgotten that Shervo's third. I believe that Patrick Johnson remains the fastest Australian ever. Correct.
2: But he's Patrick not- Johnson's fastest ever. Browning's moved into second spot. And, mm. and where does Paul Narricot fit in this narrative? And actually, oh. on reflection, I think the original Chervo pack lunch footage came from the <laughs> 1998- Kuala Lumpur Commonwealth Games. Who would have thought we'd be talking about the <laughs> 1998 Commonwealth Games in Kuala Lumpur two weeks in a row? But there you are.
1: <laughs> Such <laughs> that, a that big the, event.
2: But the bird eye, uh, you know, like every, everyone's a critic, Dennis. You and you and I are at the foremost of that. We're always finding the negatives. And so, as you said, you aspire to larger, thicker legs hmm. um, and you can't get the chickens into you. And... <laughs> Are you saying that's kind of discouraged you from laying out so much money on the Burgeye fashion label, the 4B, as you otherwise would?
1: Well, look, can I read this quote that you've put up here, Chris? Please. Because uh, this quote that says, with all of us having quite large legs, I can't do it. I, I, that, that's the worst accent. Can you do any? Where are they from exactly? <laughs> no. They're from the north. The north's pretty tricky. All.
2: All. Are they from All.
1: It's grim yeah, north. I'd, I'd, I'd probably head towards Liverpool. With all of us having uh-huh. quite large legs, it's quite hard to find decent shorts that fit well. So we based it around that. Having said that, our stuff fits the smaller guys too. Thanks, Burjai. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, unfortunately, it just fits them badly.
1: It, it, I, did have, I did have some friends. Back in the 90s, I had friends. I, I know you won't believe it. Um, but <laughs> there was a group of these three guys, and they had this plan... And they, they were often trying to do it, to go to different David Jones stores to the menswear's department and say, and with a straight face and a deepest voice as possible, do you have any underwear that suit a larger gentleman downstairs? <laughs> and, and I don't think any of them ever actually managed to do it.
2: Yeah, and something with a double gusset. Yeah. No, I, mean, I know you shouldn't do accents in the modern day, it just seems no. to be not the thing to do, but- my English accents were sort of confined to Jeff Lynne from Electric Light Orchestra, who was from Birmingham.
1: Ah, uh, yes.
2: And then uh, all the other three Beatles in the old Beatles cartoon, going "Hey, Ringo." That's about <laughs> all I could do. But, but I remember Tim interest- Brooke
1: Taylor. Tim Brooke Taylor as the uh, they had the, the ad in the middle of the goodies where "Hi, I'm Jacinta. You can fly me to Bermuda." And there was like that little thing. And then there was another one, exotic name, exotic location, as a hostess hostess. Oh, yeah. And then out came Tim Brooke Taylor. My name's Gladys, you could fly B to Birmingham. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and can we just take a moment to say how much we miss Tim Brooke Taylor, one of the oh. early victims to COVID? I, I, I absolutely adore the goodies, still do. And um, on reflection, there are a number of episodes of the goodies that have probably been stricken from the public. I
1: suspect one of them will be the first one where Mr. Nasty Person had decided to kidnap all the musicians in the world to get some number one records out of them, had imprisoned them. So, the goodies posed as musicians to try and break this open. They turned up and they go, ha-ha, we're not musicians, we're the goodies. And he says, oh, we'll kill them. And they're like, oh, no, no, okay, we're a band. So, he puts them in this room and they don't come up with a song. And he says, right, that's it. I'm going to kill you. Actually, you know what? I'm going to put you in room three. And all the henchmen are going, oh, no, boss, not room three, boss. No, not room three. Why? What's in room three? We'll put you in with Rolf Harris.
2: That's right.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> didn't, that and la- didn't that turn out well, that
2: episode? <laughs> and and it didn't, didn't uh, there was something with the black and white minstrels God, some yeah, stage I mean, as well? Yes, they were. Boy. Graham Graham Garden, of course, Bill Otter, the other two. Graham Garden used to do a terrific Eddie wearing impersonation. <laughs> who was the North of England Rugby League commentator. Hey, it's Gazner there out of Langlands. And it was really good, really, really good. <laughs> but we digress. I mean, um, the Burgess boys from the North of England, and um, again, this is a sad thing. They lost their father, Mark Early, um, to motor neurone disease. So they've actually highlighted, and we want to highlight the 4B label because we're right behind it and we'd um, love them to be a sponsor on the show because, <laughs> you know, I've got long legs, if not large legs. And – um if you know what I mean, Uh, they've actually put a a message. They've got their father's name on the hoodie and it has a slogan that reads, again, we won't do the accent, leave your mark. Positivity is at the heart of 4B. We love to inspire people through our family values, leading from the front and never take a backward step. Make it yours. Now, you would have seen Sam in one of – wearing one of these hoodies in one of these many court appearances recently where it's been difficult <laughs> in Sam's household. But that you can take family difficulties and turn it into commercial opportunity, Dennis. And I refer to, of course, that if you are watching the Olympics and it looks like I'm the only one who is, there's repeated ads for SAS Australia the next season. Yes. And boy, oh, boy, the talent they've got. I think it's Manu Fidel. Alicia Mollick, oh, Dan God. Ewing, who just played ball against from home and away. The uh, Brent Edelston, the list goes on. But Sam Burgess is there, and and there's a there's a really really beautiful montage of Sam who's just scared of the dark and being pushed off cliffs and whatever. And he goes, <laughs> in recent times, they've taken away my career, my family, and my marriage, but they won't take my 4B label away from me. <laughs>
1: Oh, boy. Well, let's move on. We were mentioning Penrith earlier. And yes, Penrith, and
2: Reality,
1: and reality yes. TV. And a couple of months ago, I mentioned on this very show that uh, I was out at Panther Stadium, whichever betting company calls it, Penrith Park. Um, is Blue it Bluebet? Yes, Bluebet. Yep. So, I was at Bluebet. And a gentleman that I knew from cricket came up to me and said, oh, by the way, um, Uh, there's going to be what radio mics you're using because we're using a few frequencies here. We've got some people mic'd up. I said, oh, what's doing? Well, we've got Beauty and the Geek here. And what they're going to do, the beauties are all going to do a cheerleader routine at halftime followed by the geeks. So I'm sorry, Pat. But uh, I was wandering around at halftime, and I'm probably going to be in the back of some of the shots as I changed batteries in microphones and things. But it was actually it was actually hysterically funny because they showed they didn't introduce them at the ground as this is the guys from Beauty and the Geek. They said that these are aspiring dancing and singing outfits, and they turned up and put on this show. And the girls they kind of did okay. It was pretty cheesy high school stuff. <laughs> the guys. Absolutely dreadful. And looking at the faces in the crowd of people, some of the people going, Well, this is clearly a G up, and just getting right behind it and clapping along right. and cheering. And others going, Why are they doing this? This is clearly utter, utter, utter rubbish. Pat, how do you think you would have gone? What sort of routine would we have expected if Pat had made the cut, if Pat hadn't been too normal and too sensible and too stable? <laughs> to get on the show imagine saying that sentence if you hadn't been all those things if you've been on the show pat what would you have come up with
3: well i do do a pretty good version of flash dance oh my
1: god that needs to be videoed and put on the blowing up deluxe web web page oh
3: yeah i think unfortunately (laughs) it has been videoed and it is going somewhere but you guys are not going to believe this i actually have a cheer routine that i've already recorded and you guys don't know this oh, this please. sounds very contrived incredible but i promise it's not here is what i would have done for my uh cheer routine some
0: noise, noise over here are you fired up we're fired. are you fired up we're fired up how do you spell fired up F-U. not really Mm-mm. how do you spell fired up F-U. what's that spell fired up. not really that way either no damn straight F-U. You're at university now. Fire it up, university. What? Cheer your college, my friends.
2: <laughs> that's, that's incredibly nimble and agile. That's like the NRL there, Pat. You're able to just conjure that up so quickly.
1: And the fact that you found a group of children to to, to do the call and response with, that was
2: fantastic, Pat. The, that's... the, I, the, the episode screened on Sunday because it's finals week and the decision will be uh, handed down tonight, and it's worked out beautifully because the boomers are playing the 10 o'clock game because I would have been torn if they were playing the six twenty game, and uh, the routine—it's interesting, Dennis. By the magic of TV, Sophie sat with one of the Penrith cheerleaders, the leader of the squad, in the crowd, and the perplexed faces at the beginning of the boys' routine was replaced by a crowd in unison cheering, which was clearly, <laughs> clearly when when uh, Isaiah Yeo had crossed over the line, and they said <laughs> they won them over. But you would say it was a mixed reaction.
1: A very mixed reaction. Very, there was so, even there was. I, I often have to speak with the police because of again frequencies and things. And there's a couple of policemen who i that they're, they're always stationed on the western side. And I was walking <laughs> past them, and they were they were looking, going, "What?" The, 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 and if uh, if I may quote and use a profanity, "What is this shit?" That was, <laughs> that, was you the, got it.
3: that was the police response. <laughs> it would be a tough crowd there because. On the one hand, you get to see that was the storm's last loss to date, but on the other hand, the the supposed good guys are um, penrith. So who are you cheering? <laughs> yeah, I know.
2: And, 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 <laughs> the my words. They, they they got some guts, those kids, because that's exactly how they sold it. They didn't. They were told they they will. They, you're being told that these are you're an aspiring performance group. One of the guys, Alex juggled, and George, <laughs> who's actually. Um, one would say the least geeky and has a few moves. He opted for wearing the uh, Pink Panther costume, mascot style. Yeah. And Mitch, one of the other guys, goes, oh, I don't know if uh, pink is really one of the Panthers' colours. He also says, I know nothing about rugby league, quite rightly. And, and look, the, it really-
1: hang on, if you say he knows nothing about rugby league, does he
3: love fire up?
2: <laughs> he's, he's, he's our demographic, Mitch, if you're listening.
3: I would have recreated Craig Gower's uh, yes. charity night out. <laughs>
2: right. at, the, at the golf
3: just yeah, and, Give me a golf cart and a uh, butter knife a, a, Anyway
2: They, 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 pl- they ploughed on bravely And uh, it, it is wrapping up tonight and the footy geek Sam who got kicked out Got voted back in with his partner Aya, And then he, he's just been eliminated He's not in the finals and again Pat we'll probably need to draw a line under Beauty and the geek because I know it's painful for you But whereas a lot of the geeks seem to have real you know, a couple of them have got girlfriends and they progress their characters and they're in touch with their emotions. As far as I could see, the footy geek, Sam, got a haircut and a fake tan. And that was his entire emotional experience. So you're right to feel gypped. My, lockdown, feel gypped. Experience
3: is, my lockdown experience is the exact opposite. <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> but if there's a sequel, we're on the Pat bandwagon.
1: Look, the, uh, the flights started the descent uh, into landing at Rockhampton Airport. So we should move on to this week's games, and, and um, let's just, just do put my let's tray just... table
2: up right, sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll, and open your curtain, if you would. Um, not a lot happened in the rugby. It was a pretty tight round, really, and the Dragons... Uh, the, sorry, the Raiders lost, which that was just dead set miserable. Let's get over that. Um, yep. There was a bit of fun where Manly... Uh, <laughs> It was a. They had the first half of the manly Corella game was, if I may say, a half of three-thirds. It started <laughs> with, with Manly coming out and creating six try-scoring opportunities, only to have them just nipped at the very last second by some desperate Sharks defence. And then suddenly they scored a couple of tries, which were freakish. And then they just clocked off, and the Sharks scored a couple of tries. And then Manly was like, oh, oh and they clocked back on again. It was the most... Bizarre thing. The only fun thing was once the Sharks started getting slapped, Will Chambers, the hero of rugby league, the car who, who parked in the, the Chamber of Death car park um, only a few weeks ago, um, drove he, to
2: Melbourne and back in Melbourne and back.
1: Mm, well, the Sharks lost Jesse Ramian prior to the game with an ear infection. And the word from the Sharks camp is that he was sitting on the team bus next to Will Chambers, and that's where the ear infection came from. And Will Chambers carried this on the field where he made a magnificent hit on Dylan Walker, who now we've had Curtis Scott, the only one hit Curtis Scott's made in his entire rugby league career on the field was on Dylan Walker. And now Chambers came and absolutely laid him out and then gave him a huge verbal, which is difficult when you're 40 to 10 down. (laughs)
2: That's right. I'm not exactly sure of the timing of it. And uh, Swingali Hane said that uh, he thought it it's probably the wrong time to be chippy, though. Chippy Chambers is not a <laughs> not a bad nickname, but say it was when they were down ten to forty. He sparked a recovery so that they went down twenty two to forty. So you know, job done. Well, they, I mean, they- I can't. I can't imagine what he was sledging Dylan Walker about him. And it's not like this Dylan's ever offered any material that you could draw attention to. Well, but maybe they- apart from the Pep... Pepperoni pizza on the road, but you know what I'm
1: saying. <laughs> they had they had literally put the queue in the rack. In the queue being the long, tall, thin, brown, woody thing. Uh, Tom, Tom Dravovich. <laughs> he was put yeah. back in the rack, and the game yeah. went from 40 to 10. And they they had well, that's called 12 points. And without him on the field, they were hopeless. He scored three tries. He he set three tries up. Without Tom on the field, the Raiders beat them. Does that not say enough about the Manly team and Tom Dravojevic?
2: He's a lock for, he's a lock for the Dallium. Yeah, you, yeah, that's right. No, but, that's three, right.
1: but three weeks ago, the Raiders oh, beat it. them. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else happened this week? Did anything else happen?
2: Well, I, I think in the um, – and it really was a sort of an empty feeling. It shows how important momentum is in sport. You take rugby league away for a day and suddenly it, sort of the whole thing falls <laughs> flat. In the, in the rescheduled Dragons-Rabbits game, it was great to see Tyrell Fiomiano having learned his lesson from Magic Round coming back and um, being put on charges of oh, a high yep. shot yep. and a hip drop. Up. And then brave Benny Hunt, who's really getting all sorts of kudos this year for playing somewhere near his contract value – Added a broken arm to his broken leg earlier in the season, where he played on in plucky fashion. But unfortunately, he had a milk contract that he was about to sign, but that's been uh, torn up because of his yeah. chalky bones. So you're saying, he was, tiger- you're saying
1: he's going to the Raiders?
2: Uh, yeah, that's right. Well, that that would be interesting, wouldn't it? We've we've touched briefly on the 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 unfortunate events up there on Friday night when my Tigers took on the Warriors, but. Um, we love Buzz Buzz Rothfield on this show. like Absolutely. And Buzz uh, absolutely wrapped up the game beautifully in just a single sentence when he tweeted, one of the worst but most exciting games that you'll ever see. But I think mm. most of the action, Dennis, was in the initial game up at Mackay, if I remember correctly, where it seemed pretty hot and sweaty, yes. where the Sydney Roosters took on the Parramatta Eels.
1: Yeah, there was a lot happening there. There was uh, – the locals were very excited about it. And we had a great cross to the mayor of Mackay before the game. That's uh, Steve Jackson. And Steve Jackson was on the hill. The Steve Jackson? The Steve Jackson. He was on the hill at Mackay. Um the problem Steve Jackson had on the Hill was that he didn't have the right wristband. He had a wristband to be on the field, but not to be in the crowd. So on air, he was removed by the police. And he's like, but I'm the mayor of. Well, he's not really. Um, and then so much other shenanigans. There was Jay Moz who tried to do a dance. And there's a beautiful, so many beautiful pictures of him doing this dance in front of a gentleman with a beard and a Jackie Howe singlet. And- I mean, how good, how good was that? I mean, you know, again, <laughs> for the.
2: The men of league five grand into the kick for Mossy Masoi. Unfortunately, the number five was pretty pressing because he ended up doing his hammies out for five weeks as a result of those dance moves.
1: Yeah, well they were they were spectacular moves. And Furgo had a head clash and It it was just astonishing. He had like a five centimetre gash open up in his head. It just split. So someone's knee has hit his head and rather than going dunk straight onto it and causing a concussion, it actually hit a glancing blow and ripped the skin down the side of his head. So he had this huge gash and it was pouring blood. So he's Uh, then gotten the full mummy treatment strapped up. It was magnificent.
2: It does take us right right to the DNA of this show where you just hear those words echoing from Rex Moss where he's bleeding like a stuck pig And wasn't he? And he really was. He actually looked like Tom Savini, the great makeup artist who did the Romero zombie movies like David <laughs> and Dawn of the Dead and, and, and got stuck right into him. But the really fun bit was he came out with um, some of that oh, puffier yes. white headgear and he couldn't <laughs> quite get it on so it was kind of jauntily sitting on top of his melon and uh, he then replaced it with something tighter fitting. And, and he went to gave the original headgear to a kid on the sideline, Jonathan Burstyn's style. Uh, and the kid ran a mile. Wasn't getting anywhere near that stuff.
1: <laughs> it's filthy, covered in blood and covered in eels, filth as well. And oh, isn't it great to see the flat track bullies again? They weren't on a flat <laughs> track. And, they got, and, and the marvellous thing... Justice was served. Rugby league was back where it's supposed to be. Jared Warrior Hargraves was penalised and put on report. That's, 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 that's all I ask. That's all I ask. Penalised and put him on report. And there was also, there's so much happening in that game. Gutho, Gutho, the captain who believed he's the only one that's, any, that's a decent player. And the others are all clowns. And boy, what's going on there? Chris Gale has gone nuts and sideways. Uh, you listeners at home can't appreciate how magnificent the pictures of Chris are right now. But, Gutho, he started having sprays, not Will Chambers style, at the opposition. Who was he spraying, Chris?
2: Tom Opachek. He's sent a centre three-quarter partner, partner, and I think we've got the audio here. <laughs> so, if I can translate for you, Dennis, are you ready for, for this? Yeah, please, please. Michael me you dumb Carmichael Hunt, to his own teammate. (laughs) So the the Eels are under pressure because the flat track bullies are coming back to the pack. They've got the Roosters and the Sea Eagles breathing down their necks for a top four spot. And when they open up the papers, apparently their saviour is Mitchell Moses. So you can can totally understand why King Gutho is under pressure. And there's been some concern about whether this is what you should be saying to a teammate and other people say, no, it's good. They're testing each other or whatever. So I went... Uh, to the the oracle and said what Parramatta great Peter Wynne had to say about this Dennis and can mm-hmm. I quote the great Peter Wynne? Oh please he goes I'm not going to criticise him Gutho is so competitive and so passionate I really admire him and stuff happens in the heat of the moment There's a little bit of frustration there he's just very emotional because he tries to make every player winner If you want to make every player winner come down to Peter Wynn's score. And yes, there's a pandemic on But we, we have contactless delivery Get online And we have a special edition Parramatta jersey With the James Hardy logo on the front Because that's sort of fallen out of the favour And on the back of it It's simply got in quotes Michael Luck like me You dumb car, Michael Hunt See you down to Peter Wynn's score So as far as I'm concerned If it's alright for Pete It's alright for me But what worries me, Dennis is this yeah. vernacular that seems to become very much associated with Parramatta. And I wonder if you listen to some audio from Brad Arthur's presser afterwards, if you can guess what's the word that's creeping into the vernacular.
3: Yeah, disappointing. Um, played pretty dumb at times. Done some some silly things on the field. Thought the effort was there. Uh, I know the scoreline doesn't reflect it, but when you put yourself under that much pressure with some dumb things that we did... Like I said, we, when we play as a team, you know, majority of the times we can win those games. I just thought we played as individuals tonight and done some dumb things. It's footy, you know. You got to yeah. you got to fight through those um, through those times, and yeah, I thought our effort was okay, um, but just too many dumb things.
1: He's not so good with the past tense of the verb to do, is he?
3: Anyway, no.
2: anyway, it explains explains why they put in a recent order on an online bookstore for Rugby League for Dummies, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I I, I don't know. The the, the jury's out. Does it work calling yourselves repeatedly dumb? Well, it's certainly happening on and off the field for the Parramatta Reels, and the proof will be in the pudding, assuming there is a competition in the next few weeks. But I say, Dennis, right now, embrace your idiocy and dare to be stupid. The game's greatest thinker, Rick
3: Stewart. Doesn't matter what I say. You know, I'll say the grass is green and everybody
2: will blow up and say you're, you're dope. So. Thinkin' 40 with the game's greatest thinker, Rick S. Stewart.
1: Oh, I disagree entirely, Ricky. You could say the grass is blue and I'd believe anything you say. You know that now. I'm I'm Ricky through and through. I love Ricky. And, and it was sad that uh, Sam Williams couldn't get the W in game 100. But it doesn't change the fact that as far as 100 goes, Sam is 100% winner as captain. That's all I'll say mm. on the matter.
3: They had a couple of bad misses on the line, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I think Sammy, Sammy might have had an effort that uh, might not be his best
1: yeah Uh oh, look it was the middles it was the middles the middles got the middles. the middles got middles. bullied by the Saifides and they, and they they didn't uh, yeah. we're getting too much yeah. talking about footy here and this isn't our field of yes, expertise yeah. so let's yeah, let's well, move on <laughs> why don't we instead Pat go to Media Watch
2: so what had Ray and his listeners so fired up next question next question I can't tell you the truth. I can't tell you the,
3: the, the way that game panned out. Because I'll get fined, So uh, I'm not going to answer any questions. I've done my job. Thanks. So last week we met our newest comedy duo was in Cronky. Ooh. And I'll just give you a quick I'll just give you a quick refresher on that. Two butchers, a baker, and a very nervous land on the bench for the Roosters tonight. You still got it, Warren, still got it.
0: Here is the baker, Fletcher. <laughs>
2: Plant here oh josh king coming out fletcher baker doesn't know if he's making croissants or knotted rolls at the moment after that particular tackle
3: but your four favorite players have played extra minutes off the bench butcher butcher lamb in the baker oh, the breeze drew Hutchison
2: bending it like beckham kicking it like crock
3: <laughs> you are on fire tonight warren
2: smith <laughs> i still love trying it out one of the great shows when you retired. I can no longer say you <laughs> get kick, we get bending like Beckham, we can kick it like Bronk. Fletcher, Baker, Cabinet
0: maker, It's all that it all the
3: night. I don't know how they do it, but they've done it again this week. <laughs> <laughs> I know that with comedy, it's it's really hard. How how many times can you keep going back to the world? But Was and Cronky, they managed to do it on this week's episode of The Was and Cronky Show.
2: Egan Butcher on me. The- Bench again tonight. Lock and Lamb is also there. No oh, Fletcher Baker though this time around. No, Bit there's
3: Lamb next to the Butchers. There it was. <laughs> Bit of a shame, Coops. <laughs> lamb shops, doesn't have shops. the Baker out there as well. Oh, it's the Was and Cronky Show. Lake's <laughs> newest. Wow.
1: Comedy show. The Was and Cronky Show. My only dream is that they start to explain their jokes because that's when it gets really good.
3: Oh, did you get that? Do not explain yeah. it. <laughs> But Cooper Cronk, isn't just a clown. As David Springfield pointed out, and, and as did uh, Sam Tehan, um, that Cooper Cronk is also uh, one of the game's better uh, analysts. Both teams are still playing football.
1: Goodness. <laughs> so the whistle hadn't gone.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's beautiful insight.
3: Mm. <laughs> but now I know that we said we wouldn't talk too much footy, but I uh, got to get serious for a second. We know that rugby league is built... Uh, on gambling for the first eighty-nine years, it was poker machines, which was um, insidiously linked to, and now it's uh, intrinsically, intrinsically uh, built on betting. You know, like, and they editorialize betting. Um, so when you're talking about how teams are going, you're talking about odds and stuff. And I just want to let you know how um, how far they're going with with betting advertising now. Gamble. <laughs> <laughs> It's just <laughs>
2: subliminal. It's just a little. It, I know. I know that ki- that kid used to play for the Tigers, and I know what his real name yeah. is. And it's really insidious. And it does yeah. actually bring to mind what was a poker machine and how did it operate in 1908? Because I guarantee you, they had them down at <laughs> first grade oval. It would have been some sort of mechanical tumbler thing. I don't think there would have been too much electronics involved. But uh, that's <laughs> terrific.
3: And then the the <laughs> final piece, and we and we do stay serious. We are all going through a lot with the. Um, But as Corey Parker would say, the various goings-on and I suppose happenings of the coronavirus (laughs) and such. Um, We turn to, you know, playing in front of empty stadiums, I can't see there being any crowds at the grand final no matter where it is. Especially in Melbourne. Even um, if
1: Melbourne's out of lockdown, no one's going to turn up.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, But we do have a a contender for the game's greatest thinker who who hasn't put his hand up for one of these yet, but he's come through late with an idea of how we get out of it.
2: What a shot from the winger. Hearts on Croker. And that'll bring the crowds back too. Eat some of that.
3: <laughs> Footy hits. Get that,
2: get that in here. That's it. That's perfect. Hits, that's a- I mean, they're trying to come up with some, you know, I heard Albo was talking about paying everyone 300 bucks if you got vaccinated. They, they need to come up with something a little bit more motivational and just a collage of rugby league commentators saying, get that in here, would, <laughs> yeah. would work. I, yeah. You know, Wish cut. Yeah, go for it. Get the vaccine in here. Be back, be back. Oh, Janet Jackson? Please. She's famously remembered for Nipplegate in 2004 with Justin Timberlake. That was quite an accident, in, obviously. That wasn't set up at Bowl, all. Yeah, in the Super Bowl performance. But, of course, Janet had form. And at the age of 24, she appeared on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine in 1993. Uh, and she was uh, photographed by Patrick... De liar and the picture was Janet with her arms up, and then there was an unidentified gentleman behind who had his hands on her chest, and that turned out to be her current boyfriend, Renee Elizondo. And my question to the fire up cognoscenti is, whatever happened to Renee Elizondo?
1: Yeah, I got nothing. Uh, let to- us
3: know. Let us yeah. know. I will join our join our group blowing up deluxe, and um, let us know what happened to. Renee Delasandra. Because <laughs> I think
2: I think I think Renee's life came to a peak in 1993.
3: Didn't we all? Didn't we all? Yeah, probably earlier. Uh was ours two, yeah. I reckon ninety three. Just before Alan Jones came to South. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in our group blowing up deluxe, join us all come as welcome. Uh, Terry Bulls pointed out today that uh, John Singleton once uh, so, can the competition? If you're in the top eight, you keep going. So, I think that's I think you're both gone. And then the top eight plays each other in a round robin for the rest of the season. And then the finals is a four team knockout.
2: So, this is Would- a little bit like the NBA with with their truncated season. They kick some of the teams out, put a limited number of teams in the bubble, and got on it.
3: Oh yeah, they did it in Super League for two seasons, and it was atrocious. It's so <laughs> boring.
2: I'm, I, refer, I assume you're referring to English Super League there.
3: English Super League, yes. Yes, not the- uh, One and I done.
1: It, what is- um, What's Singo's cut? Because he's got to have an angle, surely.
3: Just for love of the game, I guess. Yeah. Just for love of the game. Oh, yeah. Um, got it. I don't know. I remember when he was on Matty Johns, he was on Matty Johns for a few of the the podcasts, and he was talking about how he was involved in knifing Bob Hawke. Yeah. In- Like 94 or 95. Um, Go figure that. (laughs) We've also had Perry Hall pointing out that Tom Turojevic got the super coach record last night over Nathan Cleary had the previous record, which was against the Titans this year, saying that good is triumphing over evil because, of course, Tommy is one of the good guys and Nathan Cleary is one of the bad guys.
2: I agree with that. Mm -hmm.
3: I actually do... So the stats that I do are for... NRL fantasy which is the competitor and Tom Trevojevich didn't get the record for I don't know how I don't know how it either work to be honest but all I can ascertain from that is that leaving a club in ruins scores better than running out water and oranges at junior footy games uh, Sam Tui <laughs> pointing out that Craig Bellamy re-signing and I think don't we go through this Craig Bellamy re-signing saying this is his last contract he's going to retire soon like haven't we been through that like every four years for like the last yeah, 12 right. or 15
2: exactly right that's, that's the brilliance of, of Bellamy. He's able to manipulate the narrative in any which way he wants. It's just superb.
3: And then the, the last thing that I'll leave with, if you go on the socials now, unless you're physically listening in on me talking, but by the time this is posted, if you go to our socials, we're going to talk about the Kyle Lovett movie. Let's cast it. Let's get this script happening, because because he needs help. Yep. So what what's happening? Who's in it? Are you putting your hand up,
1: Pat? You're gonna get a spray tan and a haircut and
3: <laughs> get a roll? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a <laughs> that'd be a real twist to the next season of Beauty and the Geek? Yeah. You. Yeah. Look, you could have had me Beauty and the Geek. <laughs> you could have had all this. Yeah. yeah. You'll just
2: be the you be the movie guy.
3: It could be at my. Uh, where I live, we've got a bottle shop on uh, called the Liqueur Bottle Shop. Oh, so, maybe the ah. licorice could be something to do with that. Maybe oh, it's more- never, never thought of that. Maybe it could be that more so than any Kurt um, K. Paul gear. Mm. But what about that? A, a young aspiring footy player who's just got a gigolo on the side until he until he can reach his dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Play footy by day. Gigolo by night escort by night and maybe this will um you know the, the current escort rule will tie in that's
2: right well <laughs> <laughs> actually have you noticed when the, it has been out yeah but have you noticed but have you noticed when the referee calls us an escort about seven players look around at the same time <laughs> sort of involuntarily <laughs> so we, we might be tapping into something here I think
3: yeah yeah
1: so is that is that the feedback done That's that's what I've got. Let's move to Chris's kooky correspondence corner.
2: Well, Dennis and Pat, we love people to leave reviews on iTunes, for example, as a format. Mm. And if you're feeling so inclined, five stars, it brings our show to the attention of the podcasting public. Shout-outs to Lily, who posted, as good as it gets, outstanding league banter and analysis. (laughs) Wow. Lace... Laced with Johnny Rapier like wit and repartee, five stars. Wow. Thank you very much, Lily. And from Grum, uh, about footy to follow and love this show. It's a well known saying, I don't love I don't like Rugby Lee, but I love Fire Up. These guys are entertainment with a capital E. Do yourself a favor and have a listen. Thank you so much, Grum. So reviews are gratefully appreciated.
3: Now Dogstar, sorry? E Squared, baby.
2: Yeah, E Squared, you got it. Dogstar on Twitter, who is a frequent contributor and always quality, building on your discussion about the way in which rugby union is essentially a Nazi vehicle last week, Dennis, he <laughs> reached out and he said, regarding rugby union and fascists, and I always do. Uh, Benito Mussolini, re- Mussolini rebranded rugby as Pala Ovale. This new Italian pedigree qualified the game to serve as a vehicle for fascist unity. And by 1927, rugby had its own propaganda committee and it's never been disbanded, in my view. <laughs> and Dogstar also responded to my amusing about highlights of the great controversy corner, on, mm. you know, sports action or Channel 7 Sports World with Rex Mossop and his his uh, cabal of rugby league pundits. He said his peak controversy corner moment was when uh, Ferris Ashton suggested Eastwood beat Manly. Rex would walk around the table, pick up Ferris's orange juice, which would have been patch orange juice, smell it and said, just had to check this. I thought there might be something in it for you to say something so ridiculous. And and that was that was what the beauty of Ferris is, that he'd always be wearing his uh, – he had a, a red, white, and blue check suit and he always had on a rooster's tie. And like I do, as all Australians should do, he tipped his team every week, no matter what condition they were in. So thank you very much, Dogstar. And it was really great to hear from travelling game developer who said, at Fire Up NRL, only just find you, found you after your FBI departure. Great to hear all you buff heads again. I don't think he's worked out that you're not Steven, uh, uh, Dennis. Um, <laughs> I'm only not one episode it Yeah, I know. I got it. Only <laughs> one episode in and I feel the need for a review. Solid hit-ups from the start, strong middle showing, oh. Oh. and a thoroughly entertaining grandstand finish. 13 out of 13, get it up ya. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> that's huge kudos to you, Pat, because you're our closing uh, um, off the bench. And um, get it up. Yeah, it's close, but we are looking for get it in you in order to get those vaccines get it into in your arms. Okay. Yeah. Great to have yeah. you back, Travelling Game developer. Stay in touch. Yeah, that's nice. And, and finally, my piece, you know, my continuing gift, and again, a shout out oh, to... thank goodness for this. Stephen Ferris, who is uncomfortably recovering from gallbladder surgery, and he contacted me after he after watched his team go around. And he said, I felt not so well after the surgery. I feel bloody awful now having watched that. <laughs> Uh, A new reason to hate the Sydney Roosters. Now, Dennis and Pat, will recall against the Brisbane Broncos where I was in the pleasurable company of Bronco Reg and we saw the Broncos prevail over the Roosters. What
1: wonderful photos they were.
2: Absolutely terrific. Victor Radley (laughs) reported four times, in the bin twice, Mm. ended up taking an extended holiday on the sidelines. When he returned to play in the National Rugby League, despite all the reasons that his types of actions have been outlawed, this is what you get from... Someone who ascribes to the Roosters way There's not one thing I changed about my style I don't have a problem With smashing blokes in the head Another new reason To hate the Sydney Roosters
3: Oh,
1: boy. Well, with that, I think we should probably sum this up because the, the plane, we've had to, we've been in a holding pattern flying around Rockhampton for a while and enjoying the view of the Capricorn Coast. But we're going to bring this into land. Thank you for listening. And as Chris has just pointed out, please give us a review, share it, get on to Blowing Up Deluxe. And, and at the moment, I think it's 90% Terry Bull posting and they are fantastic. But let's have some competition for Terry. Fire up NRL on Twitter. Is that the one, Chris Gale?
2: Yes, and uh, at Fire Up Rugby League for Instagram, Facebook. And, yeah, put something up on Blowing Up Deluxe. Put Terry under a bit of pressure of the high ball because, Lord knows, his team Canterbury-Bankstown can't <laughs> handle it. Let's see if he can do any better.
1: And thank you again for listening. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Redfern Pack. We'll be – Redfern Pat will be back next week. Even more Fired Up.